0: Growth Igniter's Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper, Episode 79, Why CEOs Should Get Out and Speak.
1: This episode is brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, enabling successful leaders and companies to accelerate to their next level of
2: success on the web at businessadvance.com. And now, here's Pam and Scott. Thanks, Chris. I'm Pam Harper, founding partner and CEO of Business Advancement Incorporated. And right across from me is my business partner and husband, Scott Harper. Hi, Scott.
0: Hi, Pam. It's another wonderful day for an episode of Growth Igniter's radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. And if this is your first time listening, our purpose is to spark new insights, inspiration, and immediately useful ideas for visionary leaders like you to accelerate themselves and their companies to that next level of growth and success. So, Pam, what are we going to take on today?
2: Why CEOs and other senior executives should get out and speak. Now, when I talk about speaking, I'm not talking about how often we have to get up and speak about whatever the business results are or whatever. Right. I'm talking about speaking and sharing the story of our leadership journeys, our company's journeys. Right. And Specifically, it can be such a powerful way to accomplish so many objectives. For example, last evening I was at an ACG New Jersey event, and the keynote speaker was David Brandon, the chairman and CEO of Toys R Us. Mm-hmm. And He's about a year into leading the company and he was so masterful. He spoke with about 200 business leaders about his own leadership journey through his career and he wove it together with uh, the exciting story of Toys R Us and their growth. Yet so many CEOs I meet are reluctant to speak, except when it's absolutely necessary. And I believe that it's because there are a lot of misconceptions that people have about this, and that leaves opportunities on the table. So the question is, what are some of the trends that we need to know about in speaking in 2016? Mm -hmm. And that is why we're happy to have as our guest today, Ken Lazat who is the Chief Imaginative Officer of Emerson Consulting Group Incorporated. We've had Ken on as our guest before. Yes, we have. And he is the author of seven books, including The Expert's Edge, which was our discussion in episode 30. Right. And his newest book, The Speaker's Edge, The Ultimate Go-To Guide for Locating and Landing Lots of Speaking Gigs. Ken and his team focus on helping clients elevate themselves as thought leaders and separate themselves from the competitive pack. He himself speaks frequently at national and local business events, including annual appearances at Harvard and the Concord Festival of Authors. Ken has been interviewed by the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, Fortune Magazine, Newsweek, so many others. You'll see all of this on growthignitersradio.com. Episode 79. Ken, welcome back to Growth Igniter's Radio.
1: Thank you, Scott and Pam. I am always, always excited to be with you guys.
2: Oh, it's always fun to have you. So are you seeing what we're seeing, which is this reluctant CEO? I mean, on the one hand, we see people like Steve Case, who we talked about, who'd written The Third Wave, and he's out there, and Dan Lubetsky, the CEO of KIND, and he talks about his leadership journey and the growth of KIND. But this other type of response to speaking, I'll get up there, I'll speak about the company results, but I won't necessarily share my own story.
0: Yeah, there are people who say that uh, at a funeral, some people would rather be in the coffin than giving the <laughs> eulogy. So what about that with CES?
1: You know, Scott, I was going to use that joke.
0: Oh, sorry about that.
1: <laughs> I really was. Yes. Jerry. <laughs> That's that's Jerry Seinfeld's joke, you know. Yes, it is. We're
2: on the same wavelength, see? That's what it is.
1: But, you know, that's a great way to start because what we're really talking about is that, the broader uh, population and not just CEOs. CEOs just happen to be just another segment of folks that a small uh, percentage of them understand the value of going out and speaking to groups and others don't. And my guess is that CEOs have so much to do day to day inside their companies that the idea of going out and taking on a what can be a very scary uh, endeavor, speaking yes. to groups.
2: Well, part of it is that, and others, when I talk to them, they'll say things like, I'm willing to talk about the company. I'm not so willing to talk about myself. Right.
1: right. Well, that's just, that's just upping the ante. See, if you're scared to go up in front of a group anyway or intimidated, then now you're supposed to reveal yourself as well. Mm-hmm. That's why uh, if They aren't being asked or pressured to do it, to actually initiate it on their own. It's going to be easy to just ignore that.
0: But the irony is that there are a growing number of opportunities, it seems to us, uh, for executives and CEOs to speak more than just getting up in front of investor groups or giving keynotes? Uh, What do you see as some of the trends that are emerging that CEOs and executives should be aware of for speaking, some of which may not be quite so scary?
1: Well, I think uh, some of the uh, not so scary ones would be things like electronic uh, or online uh, speaking opportunities like webinars for example Like
2: growth igniters radio. Well, I was
1: gonna say that too, you know <laughs> You guys are stealing my lines here but
0: With a single thought
1: hey listen, I have them in my notes webinars and podcasts, you know yes. and, and and what you guys are doing is another uh, is a great example, too of what? Uh, shouldn't be as scary. I say shouldn't be because it depends on the individual. They might be intimidated by a podcast or a radio or a webinar thing too. But we, what we are seeing in terms of trends is that there are more and more of those opportunities available where you don't have to be literally facing an audience.
2: Ken, do you think there are more opportunities now and more need, more demand for groups to hear the story of the leadership journey? Because yeah. that, to me, is a truly valuable thing. As I said last night, all of us in the room were mesmerized mm-hmm. by David Brandon. If, if
0: leaders can give some of the impression of the twists and turns they face and, and the de- big decisions that they've made that have really changed the game for them, it's, it's good for them, it's good for the company, and it's good for the people listening because it really inspires new ways of thinking.
1: Well, obviously, we love to hear people's stories. We love to relate to each other as human beings. And I know that you've had one of my longtime clients, the uh, CEO of Atrion Networking, uh, Tim Hebert. Right. I know you've had him a couple of times, and I know that the reason is he's one of those guys that does reveal himself and is really lets you touch him and he touches you,
0: so to oh, speak. yeah. Well, the story of him climbing Mount Kilimanjaro was yeah.
2: incredibly inspiring. And the leadership lessons that he learned. I mean, that that is incredible. And we all learn. We all improve our paths.
1: Exactly. And we don't learn as much when we're just hearing, you know, status reports and facts and figures. I mean, of course, we learn something, but that's not what's going to turn us on. Not really. No matter how much we're into we're into learning that kind of
2: data. What would you say somebody who is not going out to be a professional speaker? but still needs to know about some of the things that every speaker needs to know. What would you say would be especially valuable in your book?
1: So in terms of criteria that speakers uh, should use in choosing speaking opportunities, is this the right audience for me? And then how large an audience will it be? Mm -hmm. I don't say that meaning that the best audience is a thousand uh, people. But it does make a difference if you are going to go out and prepare a speaking engagement, your presentation, maybe practice it and this and that, and then perhaps travel to a venue and all, and mm-hmm. you want to be sure it's not going to have just like fifteen people in the audience, because that can that can happen. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, now, in, now in fifteen people, there could be one, one or even two that are the perfect fit for you, but still. Nowadays, when you go and speak, you have to be prepared to pay your own way, to uh, uh, not get a fee. So you're uh, talking about
2: the CEO speaker of a company. Well, that's true, actually. Uh, Some of the, if I think about it, some of the speakers, the CEO speakers that I've arranged for at times have done it for reasons not about getting the money because that isn't even, of course, what they're concerned about, but rather they're there because they have an important message to share. They have connections to make. There's a lot more at stake than... Than a speaker's fee so it, right, it's a exactly. different deal well we're going to take a quick break right now and when we come back we'll speak more with ken Lazat about using the power of speaking for advancing your objectives for yourself and for your company stay with us
0: you are listening to growth igniters radio with pam harper and scott harper brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated. We focus on enabling visionary leaders to dramatically increase momentum for game-changing results. We're on the web at
2: businessadvance.com. Does the topic we're talking about today resonate with you? Well, we have more. Check out related episodes to expand your perspectives and take away immediately useful ideas. Go to growthignitersradio.com, Episode 79, and scroll down under Resources.
0: And while you're there, sign up for our weekly alert of upcoming episodes, so you'll always be up to date.
2: Welcome back to Growth Igniter's Radio with Pam Harper, that's me, and Scott Harper. Scott and I are talking today with Ken Lazat, Chief Imaginative Officer of Emerson Consulting Group Incorporated and author of The Speaker's Edge. Ken, how can people find out more about you, your books, and Emerson Consulting Group?
1: Well, my, in terms of my book, uh, it's, it's available anywhere, Amazon, uh, Barnes & Noble. Uh, you can order it probably through your local bookstore. Um, wherever, wherever books are found, let's say. Okay. Um, in terms of my business and the services I provide, you might take a look at my uh, website, uh, which is com. That's thoughtleading. I-N-G.
2: Okay. And uh, you can also find links and other information about today's episode by going to growthignitersradio.com, episode 79. So, Ken, back to our conversation. You were starting to talk about some of the reasons why people would speak. Let's talk about some ways that CEOs would consider opportunities and how they could tailor their talks to specific opportunities, all without going crazy.
1: (laughs) Without going crazy. Well, that's a tall order for me to figure out how to not go crazy, but I'll do what I can here. (laughs) Um, I, I was thinking before the break... Uh, of uh, a personal story that could be helpful in okay. a lot of what we're discussing here uh, right from the top talking about you know why speak why CEOs might hold back for example and also how they can do it as you're asking here how they can do it without going crazy one of the reasons why Seinfeld made that joke uh, about you know, you'd rather be in the coffin than than out doing a eulogy right is uh that it can be very scary. You can be very, very nervous about it. You could be worrying about it for days or weeks or whatever. So I, I have been speaking for many, many years. And for me, for a lot of the, those years, I was like anybody else. I would be nervous before I, it was time for me to go up and talk. And I would be you know, concerned about whether I was going to do a good job and, and all of that. And that's, I think, the biggest thing that holds people back. Uh, I finally got rid of that. People ask me now when I'm about to go up and speak, are you nervous? And I always say no, because I'm not. I'm not nervous at all anymore. Because it finally occurred to me that speaking is no different than networking. In fact, it's the ultimate form of networking, but that's all it is. And if you're a CEO or anyone else that is in business, and if you've ever had a lunch with somebody, with one-on-one lunch or one-on-two lunch, or met with a small group and, you know, we're talking to them about uh, what what you do and what your services are and what value you and your company can bring. There's not at all the level of nervousness that a speaker might feel before getting up before a group of 50, 100, 500 or whatever. So if you let that go and you just understand that you are just in a room with other people Mm-hmm. talking, interacting, letting them know what's valuable about you and your company and that they're here to listen and perhaps to interact with you through, let's say, the question and answer period, then you can understand that that's a way not to go crazy, but just to see it as normal course of, of business development events.
2: Yeah, good point. I think the other thing is that oftentimes the people that I'm meeting are humble. People wow. don't need to hear about my leadership journey. It was nothing. Mm-hmm. And of course, they've done amazing things. And uh, it isn't nothing. It's just there's so much in their systems that they don't see, they don't cool. hear rather, to themselves, how how much they have to share. And we'll, we'll have a few episodes from some of the CEOs who've uh, spoken on Growth Igniter's radio for people to listen to. And these people are so natural. There's so much value there that people underestimate. You're so right. And the distinction between talking and speaking, mm-hmm. I think, takes okay. a lot of the pressure off.
1: Yeah, yeah. But you can't just wipe it away. You know, it, when when it came, the epiphany came to me, again, I had already been speaking a lot over the years. So I think one of the important things, too, is... How do you get to the point that I got to? And you may have to deal with the, that nervousness in, in order to get to it, but, but why would you deal with the nervousness? The only way you, you would have the opportunity to deal with the nervousness would be to be going out and speaking. So practice, 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 you know, experience, experience, experience. That's what's really important in terms of going out and speak and not just saying, maybe I can get myself a keynote address Uh, you know, next month, it it requires more than that to get to that point.
0: Okay, so are there some specific things that CEOs and executives can do to develop their ability to deliver their message for maximum impact? And we're not necessarily talking about elocution and, and voice and so on. But what are some of the things to bear in mind as you are developing your ability to deliver that impact?
1: Well, some quick things are are things like ease up on PowerPoint. You guys are in New Jersey, and I once spoke at a a venue in in New Jersey, and I didn't use PowerPoint. And I remember people coming up to me afterwards and saying, oh, it's so great that you didn't use PowerPoint. Mm -hmm. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That's one of the big criticisms that is had about speakers in general is that there's too much of a dependence on PowerPoint.
2: Now, the the visual is important, but maybe you don't want a slideshow like that. In fact, last night there was no PowerPoint. There was no visual aid. It was an after dinner talk, which Mm -hmm. also probably had some bearing on that in general, though. I think we're seeing more people who are, if they're doing things like that, they're using photos. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, th- I'm thinking TED mm-hmm. Talks.
1: Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah and that's when it, well, that's how it can work. But it's the idea that sometimes when you're starting out speaking, particularly if you're, let's say, a CEO status, where there's a lot of information to convey, you can end up with eight or 10 bullet points. And this, the CEO, is speaker is just going through them one by one. And that's where the, where the crowd leaves you. So that's, that's one, ease up on PowerPoint. The, the other, though, is to take this seriously. When I say practice, 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 I mean, I, I, that's important. Mm-hmm. So it, even if you go out and speak to like civic groups and groups that are not particularly your business or audience, which is actually a pretty good idea, going back to Seinfeld, for example, as only one example, comedians will very typically go out and do their act as they're developing it, in, in venues in which no one's paying any big money to come and see them but we really need to practice in order to become better speakers that's number 1 and number 2 uh you've got to you got to take this seriously and look look at it for the long haul so that yes you know don't just read my book although read my book but don't just read my book <laughs> But read right. other books on speaking, particularly those that can give you some pointers on delivering a great presentation. Watch some videos, whether they're TED talks or whatever. Take a course. Hire somebody to uh, coach you. I mean, in other words, take it seriously, and that's mm-hmm. that's how you'll develop yourself.
2: Yeah, all uh, definitely important. So let's switch it around. We we've talked about how uh, the speaker can give value to the audience. What about for us? How can we get most of our objectives met, most value?
1: You know, it it amazes me how someone will uh, get up and do a a speaking presentation, and particularly even if they're a featured speaker or a keynoter at an event that has just exactly the right audience for them. And they've prepared and spent a lot of time on that, and they've practiced, and they've traveled, and they've done all of that, and they get up and they, they... do a fantastic job delivering their speaking engagement and then they say thank you, uh, take a question or two, and then they sit down and then they leave. And that's it and there's no follow-up. there's nothing. So here's a here's an opportunity to begin a relationship, a business relationship mm-hmm. that could have value f- for both parties with potentially you know 30 relationships, 80 relationships whatever the audience number is. And instead of building on that relationship with some sort of next step or some sort of follow up, the speaker just basically walks away and might as well be saying, I hope we had fun because that's the last time we're going to hear from each other. Oh, no. <laughs> but that, that is basically what the effect of that is. So here's what you need to do. You need to first find a way to get the business cards, uh, particularly the emails mm-hmm. of those who are in your audience. If you've got a book, a book is one of the ways, uh, calling cards, to get better, more speaking engagements. And if you've got a book, you can raffle off a book, for example. Mm-hmm. Or you can simply say, you know, I would really have to keep in touch with all of you. I'd like to exchange business cards. And you will mm-hmm. you will get them that way. But the key is you've got to have their contact information, not so that you can have your salespeople call them up and bug them, but so that you can have some, some non-threatening follow-up uh, emails, e-blasts, uh, Some sort of uh, follow up marketing, just as you would do if you or your salespeople were going to a sales meeting.
2: Mm -hmm. It's connecting with people. And the more that you recognize that there are many objectives for what you're trying to do, there's a lot more reasons to have that contact information. Now, when you're on social media like Growth Igniters Radio, of course, you can't get the cards per se. That's why when we have our CEO guests, will always ask, what do you want to share with people mm-hmm. that supplements whatever we're discussing, just like mm-hmm. we're doing with you? Mm-hmm. And right. that's another way to stay in touch with people.
0: And Pam said something very important. That she used the word objectives. And if people think strategically about speaking and what is it I want to accomplish, why am I doing this? What are my objectives for me, for my company, for the people I'm serving with my speaking? And you blend that, Ken, with what you were talking about, a process, then it's it's going to all fall together much better and everyone's going to get a better outcome.
1: And today it's easier than ever to sustain your networking contacts because of LinkedIn in particular. I mean, everybody's right. on LinkedIn and mm-hmm. it's so easy to connect.
2: Now, there are so many powerful ways. And getting the message out faster is one of the prime values of all these different venues that are available to us, whether it's in-person, whether it's social media. The idea is we're getting our message out, we're sharing with people, and we're doing it faster than if we were just doing it one person at a time. Exactly. So we're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk more with Ken Lazat, author of The Speaker's Edge, about three immediately useful ideas on how you can use speaking to change the game for yourself and for your company. Stay with us.
0: You're listening to Growth Igniter's radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper, brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, on the web at businessadvance.com
2: does your company have what it takes to meet your current commitments and move fast enough to respond to new opportunities? Take the first step to confirm your perspective by requesting our free resource, Five Questions to Ask When You Need to Move Even Faster.
0: Our questionnaire will help you find out where to begin to focus your energy and resources so that what should be happening in your company really is happening faster and more effectively.
2: We developed these questions based on our work with clients in over 30 industries. We've helped them to scale faster, make innovation happen faster, and more quickly respond to new opportunities. This has generated millions of dollars in top and bottom line growth. And now you can have this resource on a complimentary basis just for sharing your valid contact information with us.
0: So don't miss out. Go today to growthignitersradio.com and select episode 79. Scroll down to resources and click the link, download five questions to ask when you need to move even faster. And to learn more about our success stories, go to businessadvance.com clientresults.
2: Welcome back to Growth Igniter's Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. Over the last two segments, Scott and I have been speaking with Ken Lazad, Chief Imaginative Officer of Emerson Consulting Group Incorporated and author of The Speaker's Edge. Ken, can you tell us again how people can find out more about you, your books, and Emerson Consulting Group?
1: So the, for in terms of the book, The Speaker's Edge, go to Amazon and take a look. There's a lot of information there. There are testimonials to the book uh, there already or order it through Barnes & Noble or through your local bookshop. And as for my company, uh, we're located at thoughtleading.com. That's T-H-O-U-G-H-T-L-E-A-D-I-N-G.com.
2: Okay, and it is a great book, so practical. So this is the part of our program where we talk about the most practical ideas. What would be the first thing that you would say to people who the CEOs who are faced with all kinds of opportunities to speak, but trying to figure out what it is that they're going to do, where are they going to go and how are they going to make the most of it?
1: Um, Well, again, what they mainly have to know is uh, what kind of audience they want to have. If they were getting a, a number of speaking invitations, and they didn't feel they had time for all of them, then uh, which ones are going to be the best value for them? Again, going back to what we are talking about before in terms of um, having to pay uh, their own expenses or their company having to pay their own expenses. And by the way, it goes further than that these days. There's a huge trend for what's called pay to play. So if, you're, if your company is going to trade shows and paying money for that and, and sponsoring um, events mm-hmm. and that sort of thing, that's an opportunity for you to also uh, get a speaking slot. I mean, basically you're paying anyway for it, so Mm -hmm. why not?
2: Yeah, Um, I've seen a lot of conferences uh, that actually will have the CEO of the company as a speaker, and coincidentally, they're sponsoring. How about that?
1: Right, exactly. (laughs) You you, you are seeing that a lot. And I I have clients who are doing that and are saying it actually pays off. Yes. So why not if it pays off?
2: And it, of course, positions you as a leader in that industry.
1: Exactly. So that's what that, that's what you want to think about, uh, not just the audience, but uh, what does that mean for you to be the leader or your company to be the leader? What's the message you want to deliver? And you may have five, six, seven messages, depending on the different products or services that you have to offer. So that means you've got to pare that down and and, uh, and make an offer. Maybe you have five different uh, speaking engagement topics so you don't try to cover everything uh, all in one, let's say, 45-minute uh, speaking slot.
0: Okay, so focus, focus, focus. Focus, and plan. focus plan. Right. So what's another yeah. piece of practical advice, Ken?
1: I've, I've got a chapter in the book that discusses keynote addresses, and I think that people are... Uh, Uh, whether, again, whoever they are, so CEOs or otherwise, people think that being the keynoter is what you really have to do. If if you're not a keynoter, you're not really going to uh, be be spotlighted enough. Uh, I think that's really wrong, particularly when you're starting out. Um, If you are doing a great job as a panelist or uh, doing what's called a breakout session throughout the conference, Mm -hmm. or even, get this, even doing an introduction uh, in terms of an elevator speech, you can get the room to focus on you, even if you're doing a 30-second elevator speech. If you're doing it right, if you're doing it in a way that really grabs their attention immediately and succinctly delivers the uh, message of the value of you and your company, you might as well be a keynoter. Mm -hmm. In my earlier book, The Expert's Edge, I have have a a whole outline of how to do this, how to construct what I call an impact statement as opposed to an elevator speech, and it doesn't require more than like 30 seconds. So you've got to think in terms of speaking engagements being available in various formats in various situations
2: that really resonates with me. As you know, I chair an event for ACG New Jersey. It's the Corporate Growth Conference and Awards. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we do is every fall, we put out a a search for the companies that are middle market. And the CEOs are the speakers in this case, if they are selected as honorees, they are part of a panel. And they're talking about their link between innovation and corporate growth. And some of these people really have not shared their journey before. And I moderate that panel and I'll pull people out the last time in front of 200 people. There were people who had not, I'm not sure that all of them had shared their journey before as much as uh, we were talking about. And it was very exciting to hear the stories and the impact statements, I think, were starting to come out. You know, what what made the impact for our company? What made the impact for me? Mm
1: -hmm. Right. People are trying to learn from each other. We're all trying to learn from each other. And we can relate to a lesson learned from a speaker much better than we can, can from facts and figures. So we can think of it, oh, that's something I could try, or that's something I tried, and, uh, you know, we can turn it over in our minds. So um, that's why the storytelling aspect of it and the personal revelations can be so powerful.
2: Exactly. So, Ken, what's a third immediately useful idea? You've got to
1: see this as an ongoing um, feature of your business development. You've got to not think of this as, you know, maybe I'll speak here and there. Maybe I'll speak when I'm invited. This really should be integrated with your overall marketing, selling, business development. It's a mindset. And um, if you start thinking that way, start out slow. You start out uh, careful. uh, Try to have it be a learning experience in the beginning. But it'll start gathering momentum. And then it'll start be be working all on its own.
2: So it sounds like the immediately useful idea would be to start making a list of exactly what you're going to do to develop yourself and get that word out just as you're talking about.
1: Be strategic. Right. Be strategic. Absolutely. Yep.
2: Ken, do you have any final thoughts as far as how CEOs and other top executives can sharpen their speaker's edge?
1: Get out of your darn office, <laughs> get out. That's the title of this this episode, right? Why well, right. they should get out. I do understand, as I think I said at the beginning, that's, that CEOs in particular can be consumed by what's going on day to day in their worlds. And you've really got to think about, don't just leave it to your sales staff. You're the leader, you're the face of this organization. Get out there, tell your story, And, you know, let people know that there's a human side to the the services and goods that you offer. And that will connect like nothing else in your business development efforts.
2: Ken, thanks again for being our guest
0: today. Well, thank you. Thanks so much, Ken. (laughs) And uh, thanks to you out there for listening to Growth Igniter's Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. To get show notes and resource links for this week's episode, go to growthignitersradio.com, select episode 79.
2: Until next time, this is Pam Harper and Scott Harper wishing you continued success and leaving you with this question to discuss with your team.
0: So what can I do? What can we do to share our stories in more diverse and high impact ways and sharpen our speaker's edge?